Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. And I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we've got a very interesting show today because we're going to be talking about the, partially about the AIDS epidemic and, and a person who's worked in that field, and also about a person who found redemption and uh, found a place of comfort and hope after she had lost her uh, husband to the AIDS epidemic. Heidi, would you, you like to introduce our guest? Sure, Mom. We're going to talk today about the cycle of life and death, as you've said, and our guest is Elena Schwalski. And Elena is a nurse, a community health educator, an activist, and a writer. Uh, her husband died in 1990 of AIDS, and so she is a widow. And she has a new book, which is called Waking in Havana, a memoir of AIDS and healing in Cuba. Cuba. Welcome to the show, Elena. Thanks so much for having me. I know there are many people listening and watching this show today who've had the loss of a family member, and particularly to um, basically a terminal illness. Would you call AIDS uh, that as a terminal illness? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, fortunately that's shifted in the present moment, but we're talking about the 80s and the early 90s when it was a death sentence. Mm -hmm. And so your husband was in uh, Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Tell us about him. What's his name? Clarence Fitch. I yeah. And yeah, he was a Vietnam veteran. And like many veterans of that time, he returned uh, with drug problems. And it took him, I guess, the better part of 13 years to finally really go into recovery. Um, he was in recovery for six years, I believe, when he became very, very ill, very suddenly. Um, and almost died. And the diagnosis was AIDS. He didn't, you know, it wasn't that he was HIV positive. And then there was a period of time before he became ill. He, it was very sudden for all of us. Um, and uh, now, were you working as a pediatric nurse with AIDS babies at that time? I was, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's one of those coincidences in life that, um, you know, you can't predict. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, I was. And I thought about um, leaving that work and people advised me to leave that work. And in some kind of way, I found comfort in feeling like I was in the trenches with my husband. I myself was not infected. I'm eternally yeah. grateful for that. I was working... So you were looking for health and support and, and hope again. And I love what you did and I want to get right to it because as a young person, you had gone to Cuba on a work brigade uh, and with a lot of idealistic young people with a lot of hopes and dreams. And mm -hmm. you decided to return to Cuba. Right. I, I mean, it was, I sort of slid into it, but I'm very glad I did. I, I actually got a, a thing in the mail, a, a brochure in the mail about a trip to Cuba. And I hadn't really been thinking about going. This was just six months after Clarence died. And I had always wanted to go back, but I hadn't really been concretely planning it. And 
something in me just kind of clicked and I just said, why not? You know, uh, Clarence had lived those two years of his life with a lot of uh, sense of adventure and joy. And I could almost hear his voice in my head saying, do it. And I knew they had a very controversial program of um, putting people or requiring people to live in sanatoriums um, like we did with TB or, you know, basically quarantining them until they could contain the epidemic. And I just was, you know, I, I was very curious about that. I was kind of concerned about it. I didn't know what to think about it, but I knew I wanted to find out more about it. So I made a connection while I was there. And then I ended up returning uh, many times after that. Um, to connect with people from Cuba's AIDS program. And in 96, I actually lived there for six months in Havana, and I worked in one of those AIDS sanatoriums as a, as a health educator, educating people with HIV and AIDS so that they could in turn go out and do education in their communities. And then the most un unexpected thing of all happened when I was teaching these, these uh, a varied group of people who were living with the virus. I just showed them pictures. I, I had an album that I had brought and I just brought it out in one of our sessions and they passed it around. And there were photos of my husband's quilt. We had made panels for the AIDS quilt. His yeah, whole family. You talk about the AIDS quilt. There was the quilt became huge and went it to became huge, and, and it was it was incredible, right? And it was a vehicle for grieving, but it was and healing, and advocacy kind of all rolled into one because it was displayed throughout the country. It was displayed on the mall in Washington, mm -hmm. and people just made panels for the people they loved and had lost and. It was just a, it, for, for our family, it had been an enormously healing ritual. And so it was just, you know, I was sharing it. Oh, here's what we did, you know, and they were like, what? Those are beautiful. We don't have any way to remember the people we've lost here. We don't, ha we don't have any way to bring families together. We don't have any way to show publicly that we care about people who have died with AIDS. And so while I was still there, we gathered fabric and we made one panel um, with had the names of six people that had been very dear to the people in this group. And then they were like, well, but they might not let us display it because it came from the US. And you know, that it was a time of great tension between Cuba and the United States. and. And then lo and behold, we got an invitation to display it at a very important ceremony. And before I left, we, we did that and people were so moved by it. And it became, it just grew on its own, which is kind of the way the US quilt grew. Mm -hmm. The word spread, people started making panels, sending them. And now it's a whole project that they use to do AIDS education and um, and to help people with their loss. Thank you so much for, for your work and what you've done and, and for telling us about this and tell people, I, I mean, it's just exciting. It's going to be, be fun for people to read your book, mm -hmm. which is called Waking in Havana, a memoir of AIDS and healing in Cuba. Yep. Fabulous. Where can people get your book and do you have a site? I have a website, so um, and that has ordering information in case people forget. I'll give some ordering information. My website is www.elenaschwalski, my full name, .com. 
Um, they can order through Amazon. They can order through IndieBound, which I would recommend because let's support our independent local bookstores. <laughs> um, they can order through Barnes and Noble or Powell's and a variety of other online um, platforms. So Awesome. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much for uh, being on the show today. And you've been an inspiration. I mean, you've shown people uh, how you can find meaning after loss. And thank you so well, much. Thank you so much for the work that you do. It's so important. Yes, thank you so much, Elena. Thank you. And thanks for everybody listening to the show. And Hattie and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.